Kessler, and this is Founder Coffee. Every two weeks, I have coffee with a different founder. We discuss life, passions, learnings in an intimate talk, getting to know the person behind the company. For this 24th episode, I talk to Mathieu Vaxelaer, co-founder of Mention, a leading social media monitoring application. Mathieu started off his entrepreneurship journey by launching a shoe brand, spending four months in Brazil to get it produced and then started the marketplace for experiences. After that, he joined eFounders as a junior partner. It's the Belgian B2B SaaS startup studio that ended up launching Mention. Last year, Mention got acquired by my news desk and Mathieu is now working on a new chapter in the growth of the company and the product. We talk about the model behind eFounders, how Mathieu found the balance between business results and caring for his team, the startup scene in Brussels and Paris, and his future plans after the acquisition. Welcome to Founder Coffee. Hi Mathieu, it's great to have you on Founder Coffee. Hey, thanks for having me, it's a pleasure. You are a founder of Mention. Uh, for those who don't know Mention yet, uh, what does your company do? So Mention, uh, we call ourselves a Google Alert on crack. So basically, we help companies know what's being said about them on the web and social media in real time. Yeah, so uh, what kind of use cases does this kind of have? Yeah, the first use case is for a company, let's take Coca-Cola. They launch a new product. They want to know everything being said about that product and to monitor their brand awareness on that product. And then a secondary use case is, of course, you know what your competitors are doing, so you can get some insight of what's working, not working. Yeah. So and 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 also kind of to track what your customers are saying, like in the sense that you can monitor your brand. Or? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that uh, it relates to what I describe as the first yeah, use first case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. is to know what what people are saying about your brand, whether they're a customer or, or not. Yeah, cool. Uh, how did this kind of come about? Is this from a personal uh, pain that you had, or or did the company get started in a different way? What was yeah. the backstory? Yeah, a bit of the backstory is is not a, a usual story, but we we first built a company called Pressking that was um, a press release distribution company. Um, mm-hmm. What we realized is actually people that were using the service were super interested by the monitoring part, which is you would send your press release to a couple of journalists and they were willing to track what was being said online after those journalists potentially share those press releases. And that's how um, we got to the idea of building Mansion and standalone product that would focus only on that part of the monitoring. Uh, that's how we got the idea. Yeah. And then you... Uh, so, so when about when what was that idea and, and how did that come about? Yeah, so um, it was uh, 2012, and the particularity is that all this happened within the um, eFounder startup studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, eFounder is a startup studio that built uh, B2B uh, SaaS companies, uh, and usually for the mid for like uh, SMBs. Um, mm-hmm. And so Pressking was one of the company uh, that was launched by founders in 2012, and we kind of discovered this need around the monitoring um, pretty early on into the Pressking journey. And so in 2013, we officially launched uh, Mansion. 
Yeah. So you were part of, of eFounders when it started. Yeah, um, I was part, I joined eFounders in 2012. Uh, mm. eFounders was created uh, one year before that uh, by two uh, Belgium guy. Uh, Quentin and Thibault, but most of the startups that are created are launched from Paris. Oh, and why is that? It's a good, it's a good question. The, the, the reason I think the, um, both in terms of talent um, network, uh, Thibault as the founder of Photolia um, build a, a huge network of uh, like talents around M uh, and, and good visibility. So it's much easier for founders to get those talents in France. Uh, mm -hmm. But now they're launching companies as well in Belgium. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is kind of the model of eFounders? Is it uh, the mother company takes a stake and then the people who work in it as well? Or? Yeah, it's a bit of an in-between um, between a VC fund and an incubator um, in a sense. And the particularity is that eFounders, they have their own startup ideas that they want to develop. So they, they basically pick their ideas that they want to develop and then they build a team around it uh, by looking for a CEO and a CTO to launch this. So of course they, they, they put the financing, they put the ideas and this is reflected in the, in the equity of the company in the sense that eFounders is, is um, a strong shareholders in those companies but of course they give um, ownership and equity to, to the two other co-founders, the CEO and the CTO. And it allows them to launch like three to four startups per year. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have been very, very successful doing so. Yeah. Do I have to imagine them being a minority or majority stakeholder at the beginning? Shareholder? <sighs> I'm, I'm not an eFounders partner anymore, uh, so I'm, I'm not the right person to, to answer this. Yeah. Um, but definitely they, they, they understand that to, and this is their vision, to make a company successful, um, founders needs to be at stake. So they, they, they kind of give away a, a strong stake uh, for the co-founding team. Yeah. So how how did did you actually end up at eFounders and in in the in this kind of space of doing B two B SaaS for SMBs? Um, yeah, the, the, the startup scene being pr uh, pretty small in Brussels, uh, pretty early on, I was in contact, I think, with Thibaut and Quentin while I was launching um, my own startup uh, with one of my friends. Uh, we were doing an incubator in London. Um, we decided at the end to kill this startup uh, and then I was looking for my next opportunity and I basically fell in love a bit with the model uh, the energy of the vision of, uh, of eFounders and so that's why I joined in, in 2012 and so I've been a, a partner there for two years and then that's where I co-founded a couple of companies and um, at one point in time we were looking for a new CEO for Mansion and that's where I decided to leave the partnership to become the CEO of uh, Mansion. Yeah. So so there, there was someone and you replaced him and and, and picked that all up. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Cool. Well, what was it kind of like in the startup you did before Mansion? Um, I did. Uh, yeah, briefly, I did two. The first one, nothing to do with technology, but uh, I created a shoe brand from scratch. Yeah. So I, I lived in Brazil for four months uh, to build and produce the shoes uh, that we sold uh, in Belgium and in France. 
worked well, uh, but definitely discovered that um, you need to be in love with your market to to do this for the long run. And it was not the case for me. I'm not a fashion guy nor a shoe guy. So yeah. um, we decided to stop pretty after after one or two years. And then I launched um, another startup uh, that was called Kicktable. And the idea was a marketplace of experiences. Um, yeah but we did not find the right way to execute on that idea. So that's why we decided to stop. Yeah. And uh, that's when I joined the founders. That's actually an interesting point you just made, like uh, one that, that probably a lot of startup founders overlook is the fact that when you start something, you need to really be in love with, with the idea, not, not only that, but also with the, the, the customers and the market and all that. Yeah. Uh, to be able to be push, uh, keep pushing on the on, on on the on the project, let's say. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a counter argument here because when I reflect on my mansion journey, um, so we, we we sold the company uh, just four or five months ago. Uh, mm-hmm. But when, it, when I reflect on those four years, um, what I was a CEO, um, to, honestly, I'm not like extremely passionate by, by, by the social media um, space. Um, I'm definitely super interested. But for example, I, I killed my Facebook account. I killed my Instagram account. Um, so I'm interested by the dynamics of the market, but I'm not a heavy user um, in, the sense, um, in some sense. However, I think you need another, if you don't have this, this strong market passion uh, you need another passion somewhere else and, and and for me what kept me going is definitely on one side the passion of building a business i'm, I'm yeah. basically passionate about building um what i think is um is a, a good business or a sustainable business where an improving and very operational aspect and as well uh, a passion for building great teams that can deliver amazing things and those two things more than potentially my than than my interest into the social media market mm-hmm. uh, made me going even during the hard times. Yeah, and and you didn't have that same thing when you were doing the shoe business. Correct. Shoe business was was the early days, and my my interest there was basically no interest in the market. Was okay. I'm interested in social media. I'm not gonna say I'm passionate. I'm interested, not passionate. But in the shoe business, is like. <laughs> I dislike the market, so it was not a good idea to stay there. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So, so you, you, you seem quite the entrepreneurial guy. Uh, where, where did that exactly come from? Did you, did you study a certain way or were you influenced by your parents or your friends? Or Yeah, I think... Um, Good question. I mean, I, I, I studied, I'm, I'm a bit of a boring guy, you know, I studied economics, studied finance, worked in investment banking for one year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I quickly realized uh, that it was not like fulfilling for me. And I could not see myself doing this for my entire career. And I'm coming from a, uh, an entrepreneurial family where all my, my parents, uh, my grandparents, like at every generation has been, uh, I've been entrepreneurs. So to me, it's it's very normal to take the entrepreneurship uh, path. Uh, so very naturally, I left the investment banking world to launch my first company, and um, I'm I'm super happy I've done so. <laughs> yeah. Now, 
from I mean, you, you now got mentioned to a, a very nice point. Um, it's been sold four or five months ago, you said. Uh, what are kind of the ambitions you guys are having now with Mention? And, and how does this function under the new owner? Um, so the idea was, um, not to sell, to sell the company, uh, last summer, we were actually going for, for, um, for fundraising, but we were in touch with, or what are now, or, or acquired or new owners. And the more we discussed with them and the more we discovered that we were very aligned and that their objective were super aligned with us and basically for the next chapter of Mansion. So what I think we've did for the first four years where I've been the CEO of Mansion um, is that this was a chapter we went from basically zero in terms of revenue to six million of RR. Um, we built a, like a core team of 50 people having offices in New York and in Paris. But now the next chapter is about accelerating our growth with really a new acquisition channel, uh, being more aggressive on the product and expanding. Um, and that's where our acquire, which is my news desk and, and their holding company, um, we're looking for a global player with global ambition um, to keep their brand. So we, we, we keep mentioning to keep their product. Um, so very aligned with us. Uh, and that's why we decided at the end of the day to go with this option instead of another option. Yeah. So in what kind of way are they helping you now to internationalize more? Yep. Um, so my news desk is a leader uh, on on their field of uh, the, the PR persona for the, the the PR workflow, which is press release distribution mostly. Uh, they are a leader in the Nordic countries, so they are number one there. So those guys definitely cracked. Um, one market, um, there are 200 people company. They basically are five times bigger than us uh, on the revenue side as well. They're extremely experienced into how to scale something that is working. Um, and this is where we are now. We are something that is working. We need now to accelerate. Uh, they have done so on the marketing side, on the sales side, and on the customer success side. And this is where they bring um, value in terms of experience uh, that they can share with us to make sure we, we don't make too many mistakes, I would say. <laughs> um, and so that's a, a bit of a win-win situation uh, for them and for us, because for us as well, they are now integrating the mentioned product in their product. Mm -hmm. uh, so it delivers immediate value to their customers. Uh, so very positive as well. And we're definitely uh, looking at how we can integrate more of the two products together to make it a stronger product for our customers. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, that's, that's cool. Um, is, are there any plans then to raise, raise additional money for it as well? Or does that, is everything going to be funded now through... My news desk? Yeah. So uh, on the funding side, um, we are so in this very high gross journey at the moment. Um, so, yes, it's, it's going to be funded by my news desk and the owner behind my news desk, um, an holding company, Norwegian holding company that, that's called NHST, that will be investing money in Mansion. Yeah. What is exactly for you um, as a, a, a startup 
founder. Uh, what are your your ambitions at this moment? Like, where do you see things go for yourself? Uh, why are you why are you, are you on this journey? Yep, um, I'm, I'm definitely um, on this journey. I'm super excited by this chapter that we're building with uh, my news desk. Um, for me, at the very like individual level, um, what are my key challenge and objective for for the coming? year i would say um we are to the stage where we need to have this um like top management in place where uh, we have key leaders in every part of the company in every team which is basically like a, a tech product uh, sales marketing and customer success and to drive this group more than everyone which i was doing before um and to execute on the strategy with that that we have so it's definitely a stage when you cross the 50 people into the company will be 70 by the end of the year that i need to have um uh this strong management team that will help the company and myself better execute uh on the vision yeah how so does your 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 day look like right now for instance, like um, my days, uh, as you can imagine, like no, no, no days are looks the same. Um, but I still try to be um, with the head of every team um, to have a, a regular uh, updates and catch up and see if I can help and if anything's moving to the right direction. So this is on the very operational side. So this is one part. Um, the second part um, in my day or slash my week is to make sure that on the long term, on the vision, on the strategy, on, on the bigger questions uh, that we're up to date and that we're communicating this very uh, clearly to, to the team, uh, which is super important. And then finally, of course, there is a, a good amount of time spent um, into recruitment, which is key. Uh, for, for for startups and, and for us as well, of course, uh, to make sure we 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 have the best talent joining our journey um, to make sure we execute it well. Yeah. So in short, you do you do one on ones. You set out strategy. You communicate it, and you spend time on recruitment. Correct. Yep. Are there still any more? Uh, how can I say? operational things you're doing in the, in the, in the business in terms of um, building certain things that are not building the team? Um, no. No. Uh, no. No, it's just because I, I hear different founders um, and there's, there's different opinions about this. Some people still prefer to keep some, some part of their work a bit more of the the initial work they, they they'd love to do, and some people just uh, really delegate everything and, and completely grow with the with the business. Yep, I, I I try to 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 make myself like a, uh, not a like a, a, a piece on the running operation. So I'm, I'm there in a sense that I'm, I'm following up. I'm always trying to be super proactive into discovering what, what could break uh, when we do it, like, I don't know, like a marketing campaign or when we launch a new futures, um, yeah. to be super proactive on what could break so we make sure to fix it before so we can execute on, um, on the deadlines that we communicate uh, and that we commit on. Um, but I'm not 
part of uh, uh, of the operation side. Yeah. Oh, what, what do you what do you think uh, it is that that you as a founder bring to your business, like the 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 special skills um, that that you're more known for? <laughs> um, so my team would be the best to answer this question, but definitely what, what comes to mind, um, and I, I wrote a bit about this, um, the, the two things, and first I would say in this order, so the most important, um, I bring, or at least I try to bring this constant energy uh, and positivity in everything we do. And it might sound... Um, like obvious or or un, like a nice to have, but I'm actually a, a, a big believer in in setting the right rhythm, the right energy, the right drive um, to make things and make things the right way. It's something that I um, I, I I take on very seriously. It it costs me a lot of, like of energy and what I need to put in, uh, but I think it's definitely worth it. And when I hear the feedback of my team, uh, this is something that they they value a lot. Um, so this is one. And the other thing um, is of course defining, and as much as defining is communicating on on the vision and where we're going. Uh, this is super important because of course we'll have ups and downs and we'll have doubts. Um, but as long as we can all remember why we're doing this, um, we will keep on moving forward. And so this is super important. Yeah. Are there also things that, that you're less good at that you're, you're especially looking at, like you're attracting strong people to compensate for these things that can that can pick up these these parts yeah i'm i'm definitely uh doing tons of mistakes and having tons of weaknesses um and and for sure one that i am self-aware very self-aware that i have it uh what's crazy is i still make sometimes these mistakes that i i i sometimes um under invest and um in people and in 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 culture and this is a mistake i did when i i became the ceo of mansion for the first year um i was a uh, very driven by hard work and execution uh commitments and deadlines um and i overlooked that yes this is important but equally is important is for everyone to have a path to grow in their individual career as well. Um, and so this is something I'm, I'm now spending uh, a particular attention on to this because people, uh, and this is super important, um, need and want to grow together uh, alongside the company. Yeah. So I, I understand that the energy you're, you're bringing is mostly an energy of like, yeah, we're going forward, we're doing stuff. Uh, but that you're sometimes um, forgetting the individual needs of people. Correct. And so that's why um, pretty early on when we were 15, I think, in a company, uh, 15 to 20, um, we hired um, a, a talent acquisition person. Um, and, and this person also took on responsibilities of um, career development, uh, like employee happiness and and this 
was one of the best, uh, not to say the best uh, recruitment, definitely for for mention and uh, something I'm I'm super happy I've done at that stage. I should have done it earlier, um, but something that really transformed the company. Yeah, how, how do I have to imagine the work days I'd mentioned? And are they are they long work days, medium, short? Is it like? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it 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 depends. I would say it, it's medium. Um, I would say it's medium or uh, medium days. We're not looking at like uh, numbers of hours you spend in the office. More like yeah. uh, uh, delivering on on what we commit that we will deliver. Um, so it's pre- pretty normal days. Of course, we we have an office in New York. Um, bit of cultural differences like work our working hours are, are also different um but it's something that people enjoy we're a very international team so we adapt on this as long of course as the motivation and the, the commitment and the deliveries are there yeah how, how do you manage your your own work-life balance like where do you put the limits in your your work and your your life or i mean i know there's work-life integration and all that but how do you actually keep the two Balance. Yeah, um, that's something I'm really not proud of, and and something I've I've not been good at. Um, definitely, I've 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 put too much um, in terms of effort, timing, and priority onto onto the company instead of my personal life. Um, I'm super lucky I have a wife that um, understood this, um, but for sure I need to to readapt to this as as it can work on on short term, even if the four year period here was is not really short. <laughs> but um, I I need to be better on this, and not always making the company the number one priority uh, on on top of um, of the family time uh, and all this. And this is something I'm working on now. Um, and I also think it's important to have like um, kind of ex, ex, uh, like outdoors activities and doing sport. So I'm I'm really trying to balance this, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm confident I'll make progress in 2019. It's actually one of my objectives as well, personal objective. Yeah. Do you have kids already, or? Yeah, I have, I have two. Uh, I have two kids actually. I have twins, uh, so it oh. makes the whole balance even more <laughs> interesting. Uh, but I do have kids, yes. Yeah. Do, do you have any way that you stay mentally and physically fit for yourself, or? Um, I would say ways is is, is nothing like that. I like do on purpose, but I'm, I'm I. I'm not. I don't. I don't really drink. Uh, at least not much. So I, I don't usually drink during the week. Um, and I try to exercise. So I love to have one like physical challenge per year. Uh, so mm-hmm. last year I did a marathon. Uh, this year I'm. I'm uh, I will do a triathlon. Uh, so I'm. Yeah, having this an objective. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise I don't take the time to do it. But having like a, a, a physical challenge um, once a year is definitely something that keeps me uh, uh healthy yeah what what do you like to spend your time on in general when you're when you're not working uh my kids and my family uh i wish i could spend a bit more time with my friends um but no my, my kids and my family are of course number one yeah you you're based in paris right what's what's like how does the startup scene in paris look right now 
Yeah. Um, I guess as everywhere, I mean, it's, it's, it's booming or at least it's growing and, um, I'm, I'm super impressed uh, of, of the companies and the growth rate we're seeing on, on, on some very uh, unusual but very successful companies in Paris. Um, it's it's definitely growing. It's very exciting. A lot of stuff happening. Uh, and I think all the ingredients are there to make it a, a strong starter place worldwide and, and for sure, or at least uh, on the Uprint scene, scene. So it's something I, I miss a bit when I, I, I come to Brussels. I'm a bit out of Brussels. I've been out of Brussels for the past like four years. Um, now that I'm doing a bit of remote and working from Brussels, I'm still trying to, to see what is the startup scene in Brussels to date. Um, but I can for sure feel uh, a lot of energy on the Paris side. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I, I, I coincidentally used to live in Brussels as well. Um, and I remember Brussels being a sort of uh, um, like vibrant, small community that seemed to be very uh, promising. Uh, but it has been quite, kind of quiet if you compare it to the rest of Belgium uh, yeah. over the last five to ten years, I would say, where Antwerp and Ghent have really... Uh, flourished Brussels still seems kind of the same thing a bit a bit more perhaps but it doesn't seem to boom really yeah um, yeah a bit of the same feeling I'm, I'm not back in Brussels but um, my wife and my kids did, did move back to, to Brussels so I'm spending a bit more time there uh, so it's too early to say but my first impression yes is that it's definitely less activity um, than in Paris but I guess that it's growing uh, as as everywhere. I would say. Yeah. Are there any other cool startups from from Paris we should look out for? There are tons. I mean, <laughs> there are tons. And and one one thing that I um um did when I was at uh, in the first chapter of Mansion, uh, I tried and I, potentially too much. But I think it's sometimes like people forget this, like you need focus, you need to to be on your business. Um, so I was super focused on mention. So I did not really participate like in meetups or or spending too much time reading stuff online. Um, I potentially been too excessive in this uh, this attitude. Um, but I'm now starting again to take a bit more time to look at what's happening, uh, the trends, and, and meeting other great stuff. And I'm definitely seeing some cool stuff. Yeah. One one you can mention, perhaps? Uh, one company I can mention on the Paris side. Um, there is one uh, I, I really like and that we extensively use <laughs> in, uh, at Mansion's company called Hull.io. Um, yeah, sort of, a, I think. Yeah, it's sort of a second segment that uh, well, it's similar a bit to segment in some ways, but they, they offer you um, much more flexibility on how to manipulate or like uh, transform your data. Um, we rely a lot on it in um, in Mention, and I'm um, I'm a big fan of the solution. Yeah, so it seems like something in between segment and. Um and Zapier in a way. Uh, exactly. You're right. Oh, wrapping up slowly. Um, what's the latest good book you've read uh, recently and, and why did you choose to read it? <laughs> um, 
my wife kept on not complaining, but saying that I was reading only like business books, like, uh, um, and so I decided to <laughs> to start um, reading other type of books, nothing related to the business. And the first one is actually I just finished it, but it was an audio book. I just finished it um, mm-hmm. from um, George Orwell, the um, the famous uh, uh, 1984 book. Uh, it's a book I don't know. I've, I've heard so much about it uh, in the sense that it was visionary and a lot of things. Um, so I really appreciated it, and I think it's a definitely a great book that I recommend. Yeah. Is there is there anything you you wish you would have known when you started out with with Mention or with 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 other startups in general? Hmm. Would I wish I'd known? Um, when, when, when I look back, uh, I wish I'd known as the, the biggest mistake I made at Mansion, um, as I already discussed it, I shared it, but definitely that people um, that are part of our journey are, are also part for their individual self. And so you need to take care of this and to make sure that those people will develop and grow alongside a company and, and finding the right balance between the people in the business. And, and this is something I, I wish I'd had known when I started. So I, I would have like taken different decision, invest more into this, uh, in training in career growth and, uh, in building all this. So this is definitely something I, 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 I made a mistake on and I, I wish I'd known before. Yeah, definitely. Finally, um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever got? <laughs> the best piece of advice I ever got. <laughs> it's actually something in, um, uh, when I studied in Belgium in Ghent, um, this sentence uh, resonates a lot with me is that it sounds super obvious. It's I expectation will lead to high results. If, if you start with too low expectation, de facto the result will be lower. So never be afraid to have too big um, ambition and expectation as even if you don't reach it, you will aim high and you will end up uh, somewhere higher than if you had started with lower expectation. That's some uh, interesting advice. <laughs> Thank you again for being on Founder Talking About You. It was really great to have you. With pleasure. That's it for this episode of Founder Coffee. We hope you liked it. Let the world know if you did. Thanks for listening, guys. 